Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. This morning, we're going to talk about a hymn that was written on Pentecost Sunday. 1865. Last week, we talked about marching and keeping in step with the Spirit. The hymn that we're going to sing at the end of the service was written as a marching tune. It's like the Holy Spirit puts all this together. Let me tell you about Sabine. When I first read that name, I thought it was a girl. Because that sounds like a girl's name. No offense if your name is Sabine and you're a man. I guess it's like other names that are shared, like Jamie or Kelly. You can be Sabine and be a boy or a girl. Sabine was a a guy who lived back in the 1800s. His dad served in the East India Company for Great Britain. But there was a carriage accident and Sabine's dad became disabled. But that didn't keep him from traveling the world and taking the family with him. I mean, they went everywhere. So Sabine, he got a lot of life experience, a lot of a taste for the exotic, and he developed an eccentric personality. How so, you might ask? Well, he grew up to be a school teacher, a deacon, and then a priest. Now, it might get some attention if I preached with one of the girl's chickens on my shoulder. (laughs) Get this, Sabine, when he would teach, he would have a bat on his shoulder. Sounds like quite a character, doesn't he? Well, he was a Sunday school teacher. And in 1865, he and his Sunday school class were invited to participate in a parade. But he couldn't find the right song for his Sunday school class to march to. So what did he do? He wrote his own. 
Remember, his dad was a soldier. Guess what Sabine wrote? Onward, Christian soldiers. And that is what his class marched to in 1865. You know, that song was used during President Dwight D. Eisenhower's funeral service. I didn't know that until I was preparing for this morning. But I have bonus material. Because Sabine was such a fascinating character. He fell in love with his wife, Grace. A young lady in his congregation. Another good reason to come to church. I met my girl at a Christian college. A Nazarene Christian college. Grace was the daughter of a poor mill hand. And with the consent of his parents, he paid for her education and sent her to school. When she got back from school, they got married in a really impressive ceremony. I told you he's an eccentric guy. But how about this life he lived? He wrote over 85 books. Books in theology, travel, history. One of his books was 15 volumes on the lives of saints. So the next time I preach to you for a long time about living a holy life, be glad it's not 15 volumes worth. (laughs) This is my favorite part that I wanted to share with you. He and his wife, Grace, had 15 children. And this is so cool. When she died, eight years before he did, he had this written on her tombstone. Half my soul. Isn't that romantic? That's the end of the bonus material. (laughs) Over the next few weeks, let me tell you what to expect. We'll be spending time in Ephesians chapter 6. And I know I pronounced it wrong. Thank you, Bob. See, we pronounce it correctly in West Virginia. That's the... It was the church in Ephesus, not the church in Ephesus. That sounds facetious. Like talking's not hard enough already. If you have your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 6.
And if you're able, would you stand as we read God's Word together? Ephesians chapter 6, verse verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. I'm sorry, I didn't notice this when I was studying, but I notice it now. And it kind of ties in with some part of the sermon as we go through it. Sometimes people are too aggressive with their Christianity. And standing does not sound like an offensive position. I've always wondered why how many times it says stand here. That's all. Verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the saints. You may be seated. Lord, I thank you for this time we have in your word. And may we open our hearts and and our ears to allow your word to speak to us. May we let it say what you want it to say. Not what we want it to say. What you want it to say to us. So we can allow your word to shape us to be more like Jesus. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Everything, everything depends on God, not us, in this warfare.
consider the armor Paul tells us to put on. It's His truth. People are trying to make up their own truth these days. And that's nothing new. But we don't live by our own truth. We live by His truth. It's His righteousness, not our own. It's His Word. It's His Gospel. And it's the salvation found only in Him. We don't have to be the Stoic. We don't have to rely on our own strength. Even though some of you are looking pretty good. As a matter of fact, when we try to fight the foes Paul mentions in verse 12, in our own strength, we find certain defeat. We're not equipped to fight the battles and this war on our own. We must be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So how can we know we're strong in the Lord? First, we cannot be strong in the Lord unless the Lord is in us. Just so you know, it's not enough to believe in Jesus. The Bible says that. In James chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Even the demons believe and shudder. We must believe and receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He reigns in our lives. We make Him the commanding officer of our lives. He is our authority. Not our mamas. And I love my mama. Not our spouses. Not our authorities on earth. Now we still respect them. Not ourselves. He is the authority in our lives. We become strong in the Lord when we fully trust in Jesus. And that trust will result in a love for God. A love for others. That means everyone, even our enemies. That's what the parable of the Good Samaritan is all about, folks. But when we trust Him, that trust results in a love for God, a love for others, and a striving for holiness in all we do. More scripture for you. First Peter. First Peter, chapter 1. 
And just for the record, since we're talking about strength, I used my superhero bookmarks in my Bible this morning. First Peter chapter one. Verse 8 says this, Though you have not seen Jesus, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him now, you believe in Him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Remember you're filled with that because in a little bit, we're going to be talking about what's in us. Verse 13, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Now jump down to verses 22 and 23. Now that you have been purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers and sisters, Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. That is how we know we're strong in the Lord. By who we love and by how we love. So that bears the question, whose authority are you under? And I forget which band sang it best, but who do you love? If I could sing it, you would know which song I was talking about. Is your love for everyone, even your enemies, evident? It's an evidence of the love of God in us. So, we can know we are strong in the Lord by who we love, by how we love, and we can know we're in the Lord by what comes out of us. Let me say it another way. We can know what we're strong in by what comes out of us. Remember what Jesus said. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you know, in difficult times like we've had with this pandemic... That's just how life is in difficult times when we feel the, the stress, the stress, the pressure. What's in us really comes out, huh? 
You can smell a skunk from a mile away. But you don't smell that skunk really, really bad until that stink bag gets pushed and it comes out. You know, growing up, my mom had a pet skunk. But they took the stink bag out. What do you smell like? Where does your odor come from? Is it the aroma of Christ? If you are still in Ephesians, we were in chapter 6. If you just turn back to chapter 5, you read this. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. What do you smell like? Is it the odor of self? Or is it the odor of Christ? The fragrance of Christ? Boy, I don't know about you, but I like the smell of meat on a grill. And I know the Lord does too, because in the Old Testament, every time they burn the sacrifice, it says it went up as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Is what comes out of us an aroma pleasing to the Lord? Do the words that come out of our mouths build others up or tear others down? Do the words that come out of our mouths and sometimes onto Facebook build others up or are we trying to build ourselves up? I like how Paul puts it in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What are you strong in? What are you known for? Is it the odor of our opinion? Or the odor of our attitude? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we shouldn't have opinions. We're entitled to our opinions. But if our opinions are presented in a way that does harm to others or demeans others whose opinions might be different than ours, 
then we have a problem because that's not Christ-like. I know, I know I'm meddling. I know it's a tough teaching, but you don't want a sissy pastor, do you? I mean, think about it. We're celebrating those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom we have. And those who made the ultimate sacrifice most likely had someone in their lives who who was tough on them. Bob, Jim, Fred, other veterans. I'm sorry if I left you out. Did you ever have anybody in the military who was tough on you? Yeah. I mean, we have some Navy men here, and women maybe. Most of the Navy warfare and battle is done at sea, correct? Not all of it, but most of it. I know the top, the Navy SEALs, they'll go underwater, right? Anyway, what if, what if the Navy SEAL instructor or any Navy instructor only did it in the kiddie pool? What if every member of the Navy Navy only trained in the kiddie pool? That'd be pretty pathetic, wouldn't it? Jesus did not make the ultimate sacrifice so that we can live shallow Christian lives. He wants us to go deeper in our relationship with Him. He wants us to grow strong in Him and our relationship with Him. The writer of Hebrews, he puts it like this. Hebrews chapter 5. And Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, he's not a sissy either. He tells it like it is. Verse 11. We have much to say to you about this, but it is hard to explain because you are so slow to learn. Ouch. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on the milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves and distinguished good from evil. That's what happens when we train ourselves. When we're strong in the Lord. We're strong in His Word. But that's the message about the sword of the Spirit, so we won't get into that. 
But we go on to maturity, don't we? We don't stay baby Christians. We don't stay on the shallow end of the pool. He calls us deeper. He calls us stronger. We become strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. May the power of the Lord be in us. May we love like He loves. And may what comes out of us not do harm to others. But be pleasing to Him. Would you bow your heads with me? As I begin to pray, the praise team is going to come so we can close in this song. And Lord, we do praise you that the battle belongs to you. We praise you that it's your truth, it's your righteousness. It's all because of you that we have victory. And Lord, help us. Help us as we live to be strong in you. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who they may believe you exist, they may believe in Jesus, but haven't really received you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. May they do that this morning as we pray this prayer. May they say, Lord, I truly believe you're the Son of God who died for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me my sins. As my Lord and Savior come into my heart my life today and make me new. And Lord, I praise you for the miracle that happens when we pray that prayer. We are made new. It's a spiritual birth. And Lord, I thank you for this life, this new spiritual life we have in you. And as we live for you, may we be strong in you. Lord, it's so easy to get caught up in this world. It's so easy to get caught up in things. Forgive us of those times where our attitude has not been that of Christ Jesus, who in humility considered others better than themselves. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but gave himself up as a sacrifice. May we sacrifice our thoughts, our attitudes, our opinions at your cross so that you would be strong in us and others may see you in us. May we do that, Lord, as good soldiers of yours, good Christian soldiers. We rely on you for our strength. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene, on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.